Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Hayden Bolick. And today we have with us Kirsty Miles, who's one of our team leads here at PDT. We are going to be talking about time management and scheduling. So before we get into it, Kirsty, please tell everybody who you are, what you do, some stuff about yourself. Sure. Uh, Kirsty Miles, I'm a physical therapist over in the Southern Pines area. I oversee three contract sites, Sand Hills Children's Center, Southern Pines Campus, and Rockingham campus for two separate sites, and then I have the Child Development Center in Rayford. In addition to that, Southern Pines office and also home visits in various counties, including Richmond County, Moore County, and Hope County. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of scheduling. That's a lot. Yes, a lot of scheduling. And actually, Kirsty, how many therapists are on your team right now you have for scheduling that you have to manage and, and do? Twelve therapists mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, one administrative person. Yep. And I think really in terms of places they have to travel, just general geography, this is the team that's the most spread out. So there's a lot of juggling, especially for you between the various places they have to go. Uh Yeah. But since you're so good at it, that's why I asked you to help me with this today. (laughs) (laughs) Because you are good at it. Our perspective a little bit Uh, to just sort of give everybody kind of how we're coming at this is we're kind of starting from the beginning. Like if you're starting employment with a new company, you know, of course, we're going to put a PDT spin on it because that's what we know and do. But this podcast is for if you're starting a new job right out of graduate school or you're moving to a different company or whatever, just starting a new job. If you think about time management and scheduling, because they all kind of go together, you can't really do time management and scheduling separate from one another as a therapist, then this podcast is for you. So this is sort of how to be successful, how to think about it. That's what we're talking about. So I'll get us started, Kiersey, and then you jump on in with me. But first, I guess a good way to think about it is, all right, most times when we hire people, they say most of the individuals thinking, okay, well, I have a job. But instead of thinking, okay, I have a job, I think people need to think about the organization, which is thinking, okay, now we have a new employee, which is a little bit of a different perspective. Don't you think, Kirsty? Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, that when we've been working with some therapists for so long, and for us, it's very second nature what we do, and just scheduling, that's just a part of daily what we have to do, that sometimes we don't take into consideration, maybe we're in the past, haven't taken into consideration how much we need to work with a new therapist to be able to get all those pieces together. Right. It's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of juggling and a lot of training and, and teaching, but I think if the employee starts from the beginning thinking, okay, this organization has a new employee, that automatically sets them up for success to begin with versus thinking, okay, I have a job. Because if they're thinking, okay, this organization has hired me, they have a new employee, then they're already thinking big picture. And I think a lot of times, like from your perspective, you know, you're managing 12, 13, and you know, soon to be more therapists and their schedules. So you're thinking, okay, you see the big picture. So you're seeing all the moving pieces. The one therapist on your team, they're not seeing the schedule or the time management from your perspective like you are, and they don't need to. That's not their role. But if they think, okay, Kirsty has hired me, which is, you know, what's happened, so 
what does she need me to do? Then it automatically puts them in a perspective that's going to make it easier on their immediate supervisor, which is you, which in turn is going to make it so they're going to be more successful, you know? Because anybody that makes your life easier, you're going to do to help make their life easier, and they're just going to be happy. Sure. And it also helps for them to prove their commitment to us. Yeah, I think that's huge. And we both have perspectives on this. I don't think we're having this happening right now, but in the past, we've had a situation where, you know, oh, I don't want to do that, or I don't want to go there or do this. It makes it hard from the get-go, because then you're thinking, well, we're not telling you something new now, (laughs) you know. But Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think it does tell us their level of commitment. So if they're thinking big picture, their level of commitment, um, I think the first thing that's important for them to do is to communicate. Uh Uh-huh. So that they understand, they the therapist or the person that's hired, they need to understand what's expected of them. What does this organization hired me? What do they want me to do? Uh-huh. And like one of the things you were saying earlier, before we talked, before we started this, was, you know, when we arrange somebody's brand new schedule, we have to train them to do so much. We want to set them up for success, but there's so much they have to learn. And so I used to make the mistake of, you helped me through the years figure this out, Kiersey, which is if you throw the person into too many different places to begin with, it really doesn't help them learn all that they need to learn. So they'll be more successful with their time management and they'll understand the expectations if, like a therapist that we hired, you put her at just one particular contract site versus one contract site and the office and home visits, and that way she could learn what she needed to know. You know, then one of the things we teach people is what they have to do versus what they want to do, you know, and then we we all went to school to be a therapist. What we all want to do is play with the child. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes. Not all the other stuff that goes with it, but that's all stuff that has to be done in order to be reimbursed so we can keep playing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, I think so. And I think they understand versus have to do what they want to do. I mean, there's smart ways to do that. You know, so like to write a daily note, there's a smart way to write a daily note. And I think a lot of that comes in communication with the supervisor. You know, hey, look, let's be smart about how we're you know spending our time during the day. Some of the things that versus have to do versus what people want to do, you know, maybe we can just sort of define some of those because I don't, we've just sort of said them. We need to probably define them. But maybe things like there's a requirement of daily notes. You know, you have to do your daily notes. And then also phone calls and communication to parents. You know, there's smart ways to communicate as well. Uh-huh. A lot of times, I know for you guys, since y'all are a lot of your teams at the contract sites, talk a little bit about like the notes they send home to parents or ways that the therapists communicate to parents that are like an easier way, you know, maybe a, an efficient way to communicate with parents. You know, for the longest time, parents do come down and find you in the morning. You will have your very involved parents that do drop their children off. They do look for you. They like the face-to-face time. And I think that's so important in what we do. We're people people. We want to work with people. We want to be face-to-face to people. And I want them to feel comfortable enough to approach us when they have a question or a concern or just to check in to see how they're doing. I think that's what makes us who we are and and it drives our performance in what we're doing with that child. It's great to see a child when they're able to achieve something and do something and we are we're proud of that child for doing that, but it's what we do for the parent that's able to see their child do that that means so much too. And so having that communication with that parent is just a critical piece of what we're doing. It's helping that child to grow and it's helping that relationship to grow. So ways that we communicate are through those pink daily notes. And Mm -hmm. I think 
you know, they don't have to be this long, elaborate note that goes home to the parents. I grab that notepad as I'm walking the child back to class. Sometimes if the child is walking in their gate trainer or they're able to get down the hallway on their own, I might be walking and writing as I'm walking down the hallway a couple mm-hmm. of things. But, you know, certainly when I get them back to class, if I'm talking over with the teacher what they did in their session, I'm jotting down a couple of things for the parents, maybe one thing for them to work on. It's not this laundry list of activities for to do. This is the real world, and the parent has to be able to do it in the course of a week or a couple of days until you have the next session, and you add something else for them to work on. And then also, if you don't have a lot of time that day and you're really short, still just jotting a note down to say they had therapy that day. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just enough to communicate with that parent to say, hey, they've gotten their PT today, and I did it. So. Now you know that much, and if you have a question about it, then they know to ask you because they're at least for sure that their child's getting services. <laughs> yeah. And another thing that I'm a really big fan of is sending video home, and mm-hmm. especially in the growth motor realm, when they are on the verge of a new skill or, you know, they stood for the first time and they stood for 10 seconds, and I'm just that. For a parent to get that video and they might not capture the technique that goes into getting them to stand for that prolonged period of time, that's just, you know, I have parents that'll call and they're like, I got the video, I loved it, you brought me to tears, and that's why we do it. (laughs) And I think what you're saying is also, those are all good examples of how you would communicate. Those are kind of things during the day that you'd want to do, and you really have to do, because if you don't communicate that stuff to the parent, then, you know, really, it facilitates what you're doing with that child in therapy, and it carries over the home, but also, what you're also describing is a fit time, effective ways of doing that. You know, a quick little video, a quick little jot, like you just said, hey, got speech therapy, got physical therapy, got OT today, you know, it could be one sentence, and really, sometimes you don't have time to write a book. You want to write a longer note, but you really just don't have time, but you want to make sure you told the parent, hey, look, I saw your child, and hey, we worked on handwriting or making X's on a piece of paper or hand strength, and I'm sending home some putty in their book bag or whatever, you know, from an OT perspective. But you're describing how to manage some of that communication. So you're basically you're managing how much time you spend doing that. And I think like some of our therapists, they want to give the parents, maybe instead of sending a video, they would, what I've seen sometimes is not our therapist right now, actually, I think they're using that video. We've worked really hard to tell them about picture, video, and that kind of stuff. And they're actually doing a phenomenal job of that. But in the past, what I've sometimes seen and what I've even been guilty of the past is maybe writing a two or three page long note back to the parent to describe everything the child did, whereas a 10 second video did it 10 times better than what I could have written down. And I managed my time effectively. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So in fact, one of our therapists about two weeks ago, FaceTimed with me for a child, and I was consulting with her on a couple of techniques. So I had spent, over the course of that week, I had probably spent all total maybe about two hours talking to her on the phone at two hour in little increment blocks all along the week. And finally, she just said, hey, look, could I just FaceTime you for about 15 minutes during this session? And you could see what the child's doing and I could show you what I'm doing. And thank goodness she said that because that 15 minutes was huge. We got everything accomplished we needed to get accomplished. Plus, I saw some stuff. Plus, she told me some stuff that I didn't know before. And it was collaborative. It helped the patient. And it was a great use of time. And we got a lot of comp- just then and then next time she said well I'm going to videotape part of this and send it home to the mom so she got so many things crossed off her list and effectively managed her time that whole process which basically Uh is using technology which was one of the things to help you manage your time using technology 
So that therapist that did that with me, she's on your team. And I think a lot of that has to be learned. A lot of that is just asking questions, communicating with me. Hey, can we do this FaceTime thing? I'm like, yeah, we can do that. Wish I thought of that. Um, You know, and I think she's heard from you too. Hey, videotape, send a note home, use the FaceTime or the phone or whatever. You know, you talk about that constantly with your team. And I think obviously it's working. Other points that we have about being smart about your day, we're going to talk more later about writing or documentation in a future podcast, you know, just billing smartly, writing notes smartly, planning. You know, I think a lot of times people don't plan, you know, and and because of that, their time is not spent well. But I think planning, we talk about this all the time about planning your day in advance. I think you, for example, usually start your day every day with a to-do list. In fact, I know you do because you told me you did, but, you know, start every day with a to-do list. And even if you don't get all the way through it, at least you have a plan. Usually mine is because I never know what's going to come up during the day, but I have a running list of things that have to get done. So I'm like, well, this will take me about 15 minutes. This will take me about 30. So if I know I've got a chunk of 15 minutes, there you go. That I can take care of that and cross that off my list. That one's done. And then I can move through them as they come at me. And honestly, travel time is a huge time for me to take stuff off my list because I do spend so much time traveling between sites. But that is my times where, you know, even when I was treating, my travel time was coordinating with vendors, contacting case managers. There's my communication piece that comes in because I feel like I can get a lot of stuff done in my travel office. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, and then I think travel time, we probably should speak to that briefly too, Kirsty, because I think, you know, our therapists travel to various sites. But I think, you know, in how you schedule your travel time, you know, using your time in the car, but then also if you've got two home visits to do and the patients both live in the same neighborhood, you want to schedule those people back to back. Uh One of the things I've sometimes seen that we've coached some of our therapists through is they're so enthusiastic and they're just wanting to provide I can think of one particular therapist that's on your team. She's so enthusiastic, and she just really, really wants to provide the best care she can for these kids and stuff. And when she first started with us, she's come a long way. When she first started with us, that girl was probably working crazy hours, more than we really, you know, crazy hours. She would say, oh, well, you know, this mom really wants me to come at 530 in the afternoon. And I know that this person lives in the same neighborhood, but they really want me to come at 8 o'clock in the morning. And she was doing it, basically. And so one of the things that we worked through at first was, you know, I understand that that's their preferable time, but there's only one of you and there's a lot of little people that need what you're providing, so we have to do this smartly. Yep. Yeah. So. And that's what we do with a lot of people now. We look at the schedule and we'll say, well, what makes sense is you have this time or this time. So you have two options. Family's mm-hmm. going to be a lot better if they have two options rather than, you know, I've only got this. But if you also come back and say, I only have 4 o'clock on Thursday afternoon, well, it's either 4 o'clock on Thursday afternoon or nothing. Yeah, I think that's just being smart. But I think at first, you know, you need some help with how to say that. That's sort of a hard message to deliver for maybe a new therapist right out of graduate school mm-hmm. to deliver because you really just want to do for that patient. Sure. Yeah, and that's kind of this therapist. That's what she was doing. She just really was so enthusiastic and doing a great job, still doing a great job, but maybe now not working 60 hours a week doing it, you know. No, <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot more under control now. And I think she's in a better place, too, from what she learned with that. Yeah. I think a lot of times I'll talk about sort of setting up your schedule in a perfect world. So if the therapist knows what the expectation is of the organization and they understand, okay, this is really what we want you to spend your time doing, then a lot of times what we'll coach them through is at first setting up their schedule. Like if we lived in a perfect world, how would we set your schedule up? And so if you set it up like that, then, of course, you got to sort of back off of that because 
perfect world. We don't live in a perfect world, you know. But usually if you start there, you can sometimes get pretty close, you know. Sure. As a leader, if you sort of set the therapist schedule up for them, then it sort of sets up to, okay, well, this is what the expectations are of the kids we need for you to see during the day. All right, you've got to get this paperwork time in. So how can we efficiently and effectively get this paperwork time in? And you still not work crazy hours. And I think that principle can be applied to anybody anywhere. I think myself included. <laughs> I think, yeah, you could set your schedule up perfectly and <laughs> see what happens with that. <laughs> Does that apply to, if you're a team lead, Kirsty, setting your schedule up perfectly? Does that apply to you? Um, not so much because I think <laughs> stuff, stuff happens every week that's going to come up. And that, and that's just, you know, what we do. We're working with children. I mean, yeah. Yeah. stuff is inevitable that it's going to interfere with the day, the week, you know, snow, that we didn't have that on our agenda. <laughs> no, we didn't. Um, <laughs> so we'll just, we have to make the best of it and roll with it and, and just do everything that we can to, you know, work with it. But I, I, one thing that I want to say, too, about the perfect world is therapists, a lot of time they get in, in their head that, oh, I've got 35 billable hours. I've got that. It's on my schedule. I've got my productivity. That yep. 35 hours, if you only plan for 35, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think like in terms of productivity requirements, yeah, you plan for the bare minimum. You got to leave yourself some wiggle room. You need to overplan. Isn't that uh-huh. what you're kind of saying? Yes. And I think you touched on another important part that as we wind this down, I wanted to comment on is the flexibility piece of it, you know, because we're a service industry. We're dealing with people. And, you know, even in the best case scenarios, I've had appointments before, I've had situations before, even if I'm the patient, where I'm running late, I'm running behind, I don't know. If you're already running late, so you're already feeling guilty about the fact that I've got my child to an appointment late, for example. If you're met with, oh, you're late, well, I'll see you for 10 minutes, or I'll see you for 15 minutes, that doesn't help anybody. But if you're met with, hey, you know, there's my princess, I've been waiting for you all day, sure, I know you're 10 minutes late, things happen, let's get started, we're going to get our stuff in anyway. Very different situation. You know, mm-hmm. so I think that flexibility you're talking about and also that kind of also speaks to your the productivity requirements. It still helps that therapist meet those productivity requirements and it's treating people like, you know, how you might want to be treated yourself. Yeah. So I think yeah. within this managing your time, you can do it happily or you can do it fussy and no need to be fussy. That's right. And there, there are those people that, you know, take advantage of the system where they're repeatedly late or, right. you know, that, that's very different and that does need to be addressed. But if it's a one-time thing, you know, and normally they're there at 4.30 and they don't show up till quarter to five and you need to stay past five o'clock, you might have to do that. Yes, because it's a professional position and you're professional and that's just sometimes what you have to do. Yeah, that's what we've all had to do. And, you know, about the time you think, oh, well, it's, it's what you would want to have done for you if the shoe was on the other foot, you know. And I think when we're coaching our new employees, these are all the kind of things we coach them on. We have this type of conversation with them in terms of managing their time. But, you know, this is what we go through with people. This is what we talk to them about when they first start. And then pretty soon, it doesn't take long, they start doing this themselves without us coaching at all. And then they show us like, oh, wow. Then they show us good ideas. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap up our time management scheduling thing today. I appreciate it, Kirsty. Thanks for being you know, with us today. And I think we took care of it pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for being with us. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. 
If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com. 